Clap. Tell us when we're like rolling. You're rolling. Oh, so can they see us now? Oh, absolutely. Oh, hi. <laughs> hi, everybody. Hello. Welcome, travelers. Uh, please uh, let us know in the chat if you can see and hear us, just real quick, to make sure that this is all working. Uh, welcome. I am Noah Sines. You may know me as Peter Nureyev, as Lord Aram, as uh, that guy who sometimes talks to these ones. Um, <laughs> Uh, I am here with the two co-creators of the Penumbra podcast, uh, Sophie Kaner. Hi! And Kevin Viber. Hey! Uh, good. I'm, I'm seeing that you are actually listening to what I'm saying, which is great. <laughs> uh, so welcome. Uh, good afternoon, good evening, good morning, good night, uh, depending on where you are in the world, because time as we measure it is a human construct. Um, uh... I want to thank um, all of our patrons, uh, and especially our $30 patrons, $30 patrons. Um, which we will pull up and uh, thank you individually in just a moment. Um, but uh, in the meantime, I also think, Sophie, you wanted to uh, mention a one more Patreon yes. reward. We have one more Patreon reward that should be dropping in like 10 minutes, I think. Um, and it is one more blooper reel. Um, and the way that I divided up the blooper reels was I had one regular and one with Stefano Purdy. <laughs> so all of the extra bloopers that you're going to get soon released to um, the Patreon page are just things that Stefano were in because he's so funny. Um, and if you don't remember the actor's name, he plays uh, Mick Mercury and Sir Mark. And his bloopers are just so. I have so recorded with him. I can attest to the fact that the there bloopers. is a lot of material there. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> so enjoy. <laughs> and uh, Kevin, would you like to? Yeah. Uh, technically, our thirty dollars tier says that uh, the conductor is going to personally thank you by name. So I'm going to do that. So you, do, do we get to watch the transformation? Wow. Of, good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Look, Amazing. I'm a different person now. Wow. Look, I'm a different person. <laughs> uh, uh, we want to thank... Uh, <clears throat> we would like to thank all of our $30 patrons, uh, including Minchowski, Sophia Anderson, uh, Kim Dauber, Ota Arcana, Garrett M., Jay Yanizelli, Karen Z.H., Reagan, Kim Zygen, and Jamie Gunter for their incredibly generous contributions per episode. Thank, thank you. you. And uh, whenever you want to send Kevin back to us, we can get started with the... No, uh, I've taken over. I am great. the uh, writer man now. Welcome. We have uh, Sophie Kaner and the conductor here with great. us today. Um, so uh, to uh, get us started, um, I, I want to ask you all a question of mine. Um, uh, mostly because... Uh, well, okay. This last season was... A very long season, uh -huh. um, and uh, I know that I am just as aware of that as you are. But uh, was it always intended to be this long? Uh, I know the answer to that one. Um, <laughs> if not, uh, how did that come about? What what changed in the over the course of creating the season that meant that this season was actually going to be two years in the making? Whew. That's a good question. Do you remember? Um, 
Well, I mean, I think that part of it has to do with the fact that, like, in season two is when Second Sit It All really expanded right. to become its own thing. And then that had a lot to do with dictating the length of the season um, and pushing things out. Um, and, I mean, that being said, also, it's like we're calling it season two, but it really was just two seasons. I mean, we took a hiatus, you know, like there was a conclusion right. at the end of the first half. Um, and I kind of think that part of the reason why we just called it one full season is just because even though like Juno by the end of the first half had sort of come to a reasonable arc ending um second citadel was just like in the middle of a storyline right lady of the lake wouldn't really have worked as mm. a season finale right and so we were like Meh, we we're just taking a hiatus in the middle and we didn't really call it but it was a little artificial in a way yeah it was really i think we really just wanted to be able to say this is all one story arc right mm -hmm. so even though the first half of season two for juno is really the uh, the pilot Pereira adventures uh, and the second half is more Ramsey's and Newtown focused. Um, I I like being able to say this is this is all one story mm -hmm. altogether. Right, right. Um, so I, I would like to invite folks to uh, start asking questions in the chat. Uh, be aware that I'll only be able to see the most recent uh, things in the chat. So if there are you know seventeen questions that come in, I'll only see the most recent ones. So. We have some time. We can we can we can spread them out a little. Uh, but uh, as people start to ask questions, um, uh, I'm going to uh, force you to do a, a difficult task, which is pick a favorite moment or aspect of this past season. Moment or aspect? Um, I'm still really really fond of. Um, the end of Promised Land. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. I mean, and it was cool because, um, like, we hadn't really figured out the whole Pilot Pereira stuff when we started the season, really, at all. Mm -hmm. Like, that sort of expanded itself and then became its, its whole own storyline. Um, but I got so attached to it um, and then just, like, the way that um, half-season ended in that weird place of him walking out to the desert, like, I found satisfying in an unsatisfying way. It's, I mean, vi right, like, for an audio medium, that is visually a stunning image, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I can always picture it really strongly, yeah. for sure. I really like that part, but I'm not going to steal it. Uh, <laughs> probably my favorite... Um, it's hard to pick one, but if we're, but if we're talking about like a thing, well, I'll put it as a thing that I really liked to get the opportunity to write. Um, uh, where is Jack Takano in Long Way Home? Mm, yeah, that, like questions unanswered. Questions unanswered. That mini documentary I loved. Those yes. of you who have access to the uh, the like case files of Juno Steele, Traveler's Guide to the Second Citadel stuff, know that I have an unhealthy fixation within world real documents and being able to let that bleed over in the show finally and just say now i'm going to write a real documentary that has very few people we even know in it in it but it is right. relevant i swear right um that was great i absolutely loved that 
and figuring out how to tell a story through portions yes. of that was sure. so so yeah cool. and it was really fun to put together yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. weird to record uh because everyone sort of recorded separately or yeah, yeah. yeah. right well right fun. because when you're making uh an audio work of an audio work you can kind of get away with right jankiness um <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then like yeah for a long way home like joshua sort of recorded his stuff like all by right. himself for right. most of it yeah um well i have some questions coming in thank you um uh so the first question is is the penumbra going to take a different shape in season three i believe we're referring to not the podcast but uh the uh, hotel come train. Mm. Things are, things are definitely going to shift there. That that is something that actually that we've been discussing and we haven't come into any final conclusions about. Because luckily for us, it doesn't really affect anything else. Like, <laughs> right. We can just decide that. But it yeah. sounds like safe to say uh, it won't be the same. It won't be the same. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Some shift will occur. Yeah, All right. Excuse me. Um, uh, next question here is, uh, what was the hardest episode this season to write? And or, which was the most fun to write? I understand those may or may not be the same. <laughs> That's a really good question. It is a really good question. Um, the thing is, though, like, I don't know if we want to focus more on the latter half because yeah, totally. of the season, because we've already talked sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. elsewhere about yeah. the first half. I mean, Willow Hermit is in the latter half, isn't it? Is that guys help? <laughs> yes, he my, said. My God, that was question. Is that the first, second Citadel? It is. Of hey, the second. Yeah, someone tell us if does, we're does right. Does anyone know <laughs> what is the order of our episodes? So, um, so a minute ago we did the whole like very like nice. This is an intro thing. Haha, ha, wasn't the season so long? But wasn't the season so oh long? God, well, right, I, right. I either recorded Moonlit Hermit a little under a year ago or a little under two years ago. Uh-huh. Couldn't tell you which. I wrote Moonlit Hermit when I was a much younger man. Yeah. Oh my god, we've aged so <laughs> much. Anyway, the answer is Moonlit Hermit. Moonlit Hermit tried to kill me. Many times. Yeah, I know. Uh, there were other episodes that, like, that were tough. Like, Monster's <laughs> Reflection was really hard emotionally. Mm. Um, and uh, the Battle at World's End, the second Citadel finale, was just, like, that was a whole logistically. That yeah. was logistically, and even from on the script writing ends, like trying to make sure that everybody got enough of a moment in the spotlight. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And after a certain point, that felt more like a sliding puzzle than actually like. Plus, we were so rushed by that point. We were rushed, and we were very, very tired. Yeah. Um, but Moonlit Hermit is still the only one in the second half of the season that I wrote basically five episodes for that like never made it on yeah. to the actual feed. Yeah. yeah. Right. right. It's like um like Angel of Brahma. Yep. But there's like so many different versions. Angel of Brahma and weirdly lesson learned, which like Oh yeah. Yeah, which, which fits in that club bizarrely, but lesson right. right. You wouldn't think it would take right. that many iterations. Yeah, yeah. no, it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> so um, many mannequins though over time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was the constant. The one constant. <laughs> Mannequins. Yes. Um, um, oh, but there was another part of the question, which was what was fun. Oh, most fun to write, yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh, is this me? Well, I mean, you wrote it. That's true. That's true. Um, oh, my God. Uh, sportiveness. Mm. Every, every stage of putting together sportiveness was a delight. Yes. From planning it with Sophie when we were just, when we were going around on, like, very long train rides in Paris. Yes, we were in Paris yeah. when we did that. 
Um, and all the weird ideas we knocked around. Like, I remember there was one about, like, score would be measured by whichever team was winning, like, a tree on yeah, their side. Yeah, they were going to have, like, a magical tree. Sure, sure. Yeah. 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 Um, we would have sold it. Absolutely. <laughs> it would have been very... You would have loved it. You're in so much trouble. Uh, okay. I don't care. Uh, sorry, I, just real quick, uh, as I expected, I'm sort of scrolling back and forth trying to get questions that have already gone uh, and check out what people are saying right now. So if I miss a question, apologies, but I'm going to do my best to keep going through here. Um, you can always ask it again. Of course, yeah. yes. That is an option available to you. Um, uh do you have any idea of the characters that we'll meet in Season 3? Uh, and the second half of the question is, do you think we'll like them? <laughs> That's so Which awesome. is a fair question, yeah. That's so awesome. Season 3 is turds only. 100% year-long turd party. <laughs> Nobody here is fun. Gross. Ew. <laughs> um... Yeah, uh, we have a, we have we have a lot of ideas. We have ideas about recurring like characters who are popping up from the past. Yeah, I think I would say we know more about specifically what's going to happen in mm. Juno. Yes, but we actually know more about the characters. Yeah, who are going to be in mm -hmm. um, Second Citadel? There's a very important and also brand new character who's going to come up in Second Citadel next season, who I'm extremely confident that everybody is going to like. Set the bar back. super high. Oh nowhere to go goodness. but up. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's okay. It's okay. Because we're going gonna, gonna to have more than one recurring character. <laughs> it's whichever one they like <laughs> the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, uh, here's a really good one. Where did the idea for Angelo's hup-hup-hup running come from? Aww. That came just from Emery. That from, uh, from, uh, sorry, that's his nickname. From M. Sutherland. Yeah. Uh, um, he just did it, I think. Yeah. Just in, in recording. In recording. Yeah. He just, like, he, I think he prefaced it a little bit. And it was just... It did was, he get it from somewhere? I he, think he did. Yes. He, He's, like, imitating something, and I don't remember yeah. what. But he just he just did it. We were like... I was. I think I probably said something dumb, like, oh, make a noise like you're running. Um, and I think he, he hop, hop, hopped, and we loved it so much. And then Kevin started writing it into the scripts. Yeah. Um, it is obviously a delight. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's the best. Um, uh, here's a good process question. Uh, about how long, on average, does it take... From the initial writing of the script to recording, and from recording to release. <sighs> oh boy. So, like, there's a... Take it away! <laughs> there's an optimal answer, there's an answer that you get at the beginning of the season, <clears throat> yes. and then there is a yikes answer that you get <laughs> at the end of the season, because the whole process, like, shrinks as it goes, as we get, like, more and more down to yep. the fire. So, like, going into season three, we're really really going to try not to let that happen because it takes such a toll on everybody. Yeah. So I, th I think that like, uh, if, if you like, if you totally break it down, I wish I, I wish I had a whiteboard. Being a teacher is rude. I don't wish that. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm happy we don't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the, if you totally break down the process, right? We, we start off with like outlining the whole season. That's like that uh, for, for both of them. Right. And then for, so we will outline an episode 
uh, and then we'll, you know, I'll do the drafting, and etc. So it's a bunch of different stages. Um, the I'll speak that for the outlining, that's usually like, you and I need to have a couple hours sitting down. Mm -hmm. uh, and also we need to redo it eventually. Right. Um, and like, sometimes it goes well and we come up with an outline. Sometimes we have to like, just do it again. Come back to it because it's not working. Um, and then for the drafting, like, uh, like I just, I, I just finished a draft of a season three episode the other day. Whoo! Uh, and that took about four days uh, to get a draft of the episode. Um, so, however, again, like a Moonlit Hermit took about four months to get a draft of an episode. A draft. A draft. Right, because didn't the whole process of, like, beginning to end of writing that script take many months? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And same with Angel of Brown, I think. Yep. So, the thing is that, like, a lot of what happened toward the end of this season is that things just got very collapsed because the scripts were taking longer than they should, honestly, because I was extremely busy and they were just hard. Um, uh, so that ideally it would be about a week for a script and the ideal doesn't, the ideal or about a week for a draft and the ideal doesn't like to exist super consistently. Well, I mean, and of course the other thing that happens near the end of a season is that you become responsible for tying up all of the loose oh, plot threads, God, yeah. you know? And so like in the beginning you can get away with like, okay, right. I wrote this right. thing in a weekend because like the world is your oyster, right? But then like <laughs> by the end it's like oh my gosh, we have to make sure that we bring everything back in and like yeah. everything that we set up has to come to a satisfying conclusion so it takes longer and longer. Right. Um, and then from there, like, you know, it might be really easy to schedule and like get people in to record and stuff, um, you know, if it's not too many people. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, you get to a battle at World's End and like Noah's tearing out his hair. <laughs> Right. This is so just, just to be clear. I I have been doing all of the uh, the um, scheduling of recordings. Mm. Uh, I love you so much. And <laughs> so when these two hand me on a platter an episode with I think fourteen actors total, mm. um, that's fun for me. Yeah, that uh, is upsetting because they're also all living their lives, right. and we have to, you know, take and like that they into live in all different places, and they all have yeah. full time jobs, yeah. and then like, and then the studio only has the capacity for so many people. Yeah. So yeah. then it's like, you know, there's this like triage situation. This like, is worth, yeah. If you if you even... go back and listen again to the last couple episodes of Second Citadel this season. If there's ever a scene with more than four people in it, which there are several times, yeah, yep. they were not. Be aware that those were recorded in two different groups who didn't even see each other yeah, that week, at least. Um, yeah, and sometimes there's like three different groups, like three, all spliced yeah. together. Um, and so listen to that, and then just silently <laughs> congratulate Sophie on piecing that all together. Feel free to do that at any time, yeah. uh, or um, loudly. Um, and then the sound design part of it, that is actually easier to answer because at a certain point I just sort of gave myself, like, it was like, okay, I'm, I get two weeks to sound design mm -hmm. an episode and that's how long it takes me. And like, I have gotten faster over time, but I've also gotten like way more intense about it over time. So it still takes me that amount of time, except uh, when we got to battle at World's End because I had the worst idea in the world world which was to do shorter episodes that we would release weekly i have many regrets that equal amount of work I right totally regrets. equivalent yeah i told everyone and myself that it would be an equivalent amount of work and it was so much more and it so was an then, experiment yeah and it was we a failed one we learned but something we learned 
Um, and we so he liked it because <laughs> it's not happening. Yes, it was a very bad idea. But in that case, I didn't have two weeks to do episodes. I had one week because, like, as an episode was coming out, we would just have finished recording, hopefully, and I would have that one week to do the whole yeah. thing. It was yeah. awful. <clears throat> awful. Um, uh, here's one. Uh, where did the idea of the rabbits come from? The sewer rabbits? The, yes, the, the, the... Those are the only rabbits on the those show. Those are the only rabbits on yeah. the show. I know. I just, also, if there were others, they'd be the most memorable rabbits true. on the show. I just got so excited about them. <laughs> they, date all the way, right they date all the way back to the original Murder's Mess. They do date all the way back to the original Murder's Oh, that's right. It was a throwaway line, wasn't it? It about, is. So that was a... Um, and that's kind of a... I feel like it's kind of a holdover of what my writing style, or what my writing process used to be, mm -hmm. which was basically just making throwaway gags and then later on say, like actually needing to deal with it. But you weren't going to. It was, you made the throwaway joke. Yeah. And then when we got to Day That Wouldn't Die and they were in the sewers, yeah. it pinged something with me. And I was like, wait a minute, Kevin, didn't you yeah. say that there's rabbits in the sewers, so shouldn't we bring them back? Right, yeah. So I, what I mean, what I mean I should say is that before, like, especially early when we were world building the story, mm -hmm. in the first couple episodes of, honestly, each story, each series, uh, there are a ton of just, like, jokes just to pepper the world right because it's just this gives you this gives you kind of what the world is like this gives you flavor it gives you it, it gives you spice it gives you you can stop it, it gives you spice, spice. <laughs> any moment um and uh so yeah they just they like mars like the whole mystery you know the detective the one on mars I just kind of threw that in. Right. We hadn't discussed that before. Right, the fact that it was on Mars. Yeah. Yes, that was true. Yeah, no, we were just going to yeah. do a detective story. Yeah, and he was like, oh, and it's on Mars. Yeah. So that's weird. Sure, yeah. Uh, and here we are. Here we are. Um, uh, someone made a suggestion, which I think is helpful, uh, going forward, um, uh, tagging us in your posts that have questions in them, uh, I think would be helpful, just idea. so I can visually catch those. Uh Obviously, I'll be catching up to the point at which you start doing that, uh, but that will be very helpful so that I can sort of uh, scan and find those. Uh, thank you to whoever suggested that. Um, uh, uh, here's an interesting one. Why does Lord Aram hate being thanked? He has reacted negatively to both Rilla and Damien thanking him, and uh, this person is curious about why that bothers him. Yeah, why, Noah? <laughs> Because I'm spiky. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, fun fact, am not the character I play, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna bat that one back to you. Do you have a strong gut instinct about this one? Um, because, because I feel like I know why, but I'm, but I'm curious. Oh, okay, I mean, I, my guess is, I mean, like, he is spiky, though, and, um, like, if you accept thanks for something, that means it's because you did a nice thing mm. for somebody, I feel like. And I feel like he's not about nice. Yeah. And so he doesn't want to admit that, like... Right, or like or like doing something for another person. Right. Like, involving another person. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly, exactly. So it's uh, for, for me, it was always, like, he's never going to admit his feelings about, about Rilla or Damien, especially in the, early <clears throat> in those stories. So 
like when he does a nice thing, he doesn't realize that he did it, and when it's called out, he gets all embarrassed about the fact that he did it. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess a lot of what's happening with Aram is he's very embarrassed yes, all the is. time. Actually, yes. yeah, you know, right. and, like, and that's expresses why he is embarrassment so through rage. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or, or um, sometimes like aloofness. Sure. Right. Which is definitely a certain type of person, right? It's like they can come across as like very intimidating right. just because actually they're shy and, um, or embarrassed. And also, I think if you are very full of yourself in a certain way, then you are almost never living up to your own standards. Mm. So you're pretty much in a constant state of embarrassment, even though you think very highly of yourself. I lost track of Rough. what we were talking about <laughs> me. <laughs> this I wasn't going to say it, but I was looking deep into yourself. Uh, here is an easy question. Uh, is the soundtrack for season two going to be available? It yes. is, yes. Um, I'm hoping in the next month-ish. Yeah. Ish. Don't yeah. hold me to that, Great. but like, that's the projection. Uh, oh, interesting. Uh, do y'all have any plans to introduce younger characters, teen or young adult characters, into the Juno storyline? And how do you think Juno or Nereev would handle being around younger characters? Um... I just watched you both have a whole face journey, uh, and I'm fascinated to either find out or not find out what that was about. <laughs> um, no, we don't have plans not for, yeah. uh, for that, um, and I mean, I guess canonically there's been one instance of doesn't, right, uh, Yasmin Swift asks Juno, do you have any kids? Yeah. And he goes, ooh. <laughs> um, so that would be his reaction to uh, interacting regularly with younger people? He dealt with small fry, okay. Yes, but that's different. Uh, I don't know. Small fry is like, I think small fry is about as intelligent as like a five-year-old. Yes. Speaking as a person who would be thrilled to interact with a small fry, but also if you asked me, do you have kids, I would go, woo! <laughs> like, okay. you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'll like take them both. Different. I'll take them both. Give me small fry. <laughs> I can, and, you know. Yep. Um, I don't know about Nureyev, honestly. No. Yeah. I mean, part of the reason that I think that we've, we've had difficulty having, like, young adult and little kid characters is that, like, then you've got to start asking questions about the actors, right? So we have a few actors who do great little kid voices. Uh, Kate immediately comes to mind, right? And also, you can't ask one actor to be the entire source of an entire age range. Kate certainly would. <laughs> right. Uh, well, we had one. Also, like uh, you know, Matthew's kind of holding down the olds at the right. moment. Exactly. <laughs> and I think, but I also think in general, like it's easier to imitate old than young. Yeah. That is often, well, right, just because of how vocal cords develop, right? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we had the one, like, one time we had a kid on the show, and it was my brother when... That's right. Yeah, when, That's he was, right. when he was littler. I mean, he's... Oh my gosh, he is 14 now, but... That is wild. Yeah. Um, uh, here's one. Uh, are you considering a live show or con appearance in Europe in the future? I, could, I can answer that. Would love to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I would say, I'm, I'm going to hand it over to Mr. Money, but I, I would say I don't think it's in the budget right now. All right. Um, so it's not in the budget. Right 
But but yes, we would obviously love to come to Europe. If someone uh, gave us bags of money to do it, sure, yeah, yeah. we would be there. Um, or even just the appropriate amount of money. I don't, bags. Right, I don't right. care how it's delivered. Bags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I prefer Could be bags. in boxes. I honestly, honestly, I'd prefer a check. <laughs> <laughs> um... Uh, was there an intentional parallel between the end of the Juno and Second Citadel season two stories in relation to leaving Hyperion? Uh, or sorry, was was this parallel intentional between leaving Hyperion uh, and the Second Citadel? Am I reading that right? What do you mean leaving the Second? Um, I don't know because I didn't ask the question. Right, that's right. fair. Uh, but yes, if if uh, the person who asked that question would like to clarify, we'll come back around to it. Uh, oh, important question. This person says, "What breed of dog is Gawain?" Oh, Leslie has answered this many times. Yeah, war pug. Yep. And just real quick, for those of us less familiar with, uh, you know, some of the a pug, more... A pug wearing, like, armor. Yeah, no, this is not a spe specific breed of pug. Right, right, right. Any oh, right, that's... Yeah. Any old pug will do, but you do have to make sure that the pug is wearing... Sort of a battle pug. Yes. Yeah, yes. I mean, a highly decorative armor, okay. and also comfortable. I think it's gotcha. maybe she, like, Googled this, yes. and it was... Yeah, so I bet if, if you, you Google war search, pug, you will see Leslie. It's probably, like, the first, yeah. Yeah, Leslie does not say Gawain looks like that when she sees this picture. She's just like, that's She Gawain. points to it and says, that's Gawain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, okay. I don't even know what this is talking about, but I hope you do. Uh, All right, thank you. <laughs> no, I think you, you... Question for Kevin. Does the Juno finale end on a rhyming couplet on purpose? If so, could you talk a bit about that? Could you? Does it end on a rhyming couplet on purpose? That sounds like something I do, but I don't remember. I'm trying to... I don't remember the last okay, line. Okay, yeah. I mean, me neither, obviously, but... Uh... Wait, the Juno finale? Is... is it my last line? Am I the last line? He doesn't talk after me? Oh. Yeah, no, it was yeah. a whole... Our technician, Ryan, is nodding his head vigorously <laughs> as he is caught up today, so he remembers. Um, uh... Oh, Juno says something about a smile. Oh, Okay. I didn't mean The man's to do so that. brilliant he doesn't even know it. I didn't mean yeah. to do that, but that's a pretty good heroic couple. <laughs> that's pretty alright. Um, uh, oh, how long have you been planning the relationship between Quan Yi and Sir Caroline? Oh, that is a good question. Like, beginning of season two, I think. Um, so since before her introduction, then. Oh, oh my gosh, since before Lady of the Lake, because we were already seeding it mm -hmm. in Lady of the Lake. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I would say that probably around Treacherous Heart is when we came to the final decision. Because we had a couple different ideas of what mm -hmm. Sir Caroline's private life was going to be like. Mm -hmm. But, um, one thing that we were really invested in figuring out was, like, you know, so much of Sir Caroline's thing is, I have a right to privacy. Mm -hmm. Which she totally does. And we, as the audience, want to know more about her. Right. So, finding a way to be able to learn more about her and get more in her head without... Like, while also honoring her privacy has been really, really interesting. Um, yeah, so we decided that before Lady the Lake, what was a later... So we knew that she was going to be in a relationship with a witch. Yes. And we, like, had ideas about the witch. And originally, that was going to be the epilogue. So, like, that last scene with Caroline and Kwan Yi mm -hmm. 
that was going to be when we met Kuan Yi mm-hmm. originally. I see. Um, and it was a later decision to bring Kuan Yi in earlier and then right. not say that they were actually mm-hmm. in a relationship mm-hmm. and then have that kind of be more of a reveal. We did this multiple times over the course of the season of like, uh, I, now, now I forget where I heard this before, but it's like if you're building up to some great big explosive like reveal or even just a big turn in character development, instead of saving it for so long, sometimes if you spend it early, then you've got to say, okay, how can we do better than that now? Right. right. So a, Similar with Sermar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So part of the thing with Kwan Yu was that the whole reveal there was going to be like, haha, so Caroline does have friends. Like she has social relationships. But by that point, she had developed so much mm-hmm. that that was totally flat. So bringing in Kwan Yi earlier so it was a different kind of turn right. was something we were really into. I'm so glad we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me too. No, it's a, it's a, great, it's a great twist. <laughs> um, right? That doesn't... It's not a plot twist. It's more of a character twist. Yeah. You yeah. Know, which, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it was interesting. Um, uh, now that Juno is leaving Mars, will we still see the characters he left behind in season three or later? Yeah, we don't. We don't one hundred percent. Seems like a big maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I will it's definitely not a no. Yeah, yeah. I will say I really want to, and that's not a good enough reason. Right. So if we get a really good reason, I'll be rooting for it. Yeah, and it's also like it, it has definitely been interesting, like in moving through season two, and I think we've talked about this before, but like. You know, we did season one, and um, it was pretty contained, and then, like, everybody, then over the hiatus, like, we and everybody else had only that content to consume, and so all of the characters in season one, like, really loomed large, Mm -hmm. even though in the grand scheme of things, like, some of them weren't actually that important. Right. And so then in season two, it was really hard to resist the urge to, like, bring them all back because we were so used to them. But they really were not, a lot of them were just not the point of the story. So, like, it seems crazy now, but there was a time when we were like, oh, are we bringing back the Prince of Mars in season two? But, like... There were two separate episodes that we were going to try to, like, pull together and make work by bringing back the Prince of Mars. Yeah, and then we were just like, he's actually not very important, like, and that's just not what this story is about. Um, So we ended up not. And then, you know, of course, then sometimes, like, we did, and we had to bring back, like, Mick and Alessandra and stuff. Right, right. Maybe. So, never say never. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Aaron says other monsters pay him for his creations. Is that literal? Is there monster money? Bags. (laughs) <laughs> as of this moment it's bags bags not of money no just, just bags bags are money for monsters I feel like a I feel like a caveat we have to give for like world building questions that we have not explicitly discussed before of course is that is, is, is that word of god don't cut it uh, <laughs> that ultimately like I feel like for, for questions like this we can give our gut feeling what even is Every, everything everything you're, don't you start with me Every, right everything you're saying is prefaced with I like the idea of... Yeah. Exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. I like the idea <laughs> of uh, if there is monster money, none of them can decide on it. Uh, oh, cute. Yeah, because they're all, they're all so heavily individualistic. It doesn't right. make any sense to right. me. They would all agree upon one currency. Right. So you've got these squirrels in this tree over here who all work with monster franks. Uh, and uh, while the golems in like the far north are still trying to make the monster euro work, right? Right? Like none of their uh, none of their currencies work right together. That's cute. Um, 
doesn't really answer that. That's okay. We're <laughs> we can say whatever we want. You know, uh, they could trade with our. And we are like uh, eons behind the chat here, so mm-hmm. don't feel mm-hmm. like you have to. Uh, okay. Yes. Do this yes. with your answers. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I know yeah. that's how. No, no, no. That was not a drag. Um, that's just who all of us are as people. Yeah. Um, so we can feel free to do quick answers like Sophie. What program do you use to edit the sound? Audacity. See? Lovely. <laughs> uh, will there ever be a third running storyline in the Penumbra? That's a great question. That is a very good question. Don't know. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> uh, here, okay. Here, did you expect the fans' reactions to finding out that the Ruby 7 was green? Sophie. I mean... Why are we dancing? I don't know. It's what I do. Um, no. I mean, no, because it was always green. This is my favorite part. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like, it wasn't... Okay, the point is, like, at least whether or not we had mentioned it before. I mean, no, we had not mentioned it, although it is on the poster. (laughs) If you go back to the Angela Brahma poster... And you're on, like, a bad CSI, NCIS show, and you just look at it and you say, zoom in twice. Then it will zoom in on the little car, which is totally green. Yeah, and, like, and we talked about it with Michaela, you know, when she was doing that. Like, it was decided that it was green. And so, like, in my head it was always green. Right, it wasn't a twist. Right, it wasn't intended to be a twist. Um, And it also, here's the thing. I do think that, like, we including myself, have, like, retroactively decided that was, like, a troll thing on my part. But, in fact, it was, like, just right. so much more Uncharacteristically, yeah, it was just, actually not. It was much yeah. more wholesome than that. It was just, it wasn't like, ha, 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 we're making it green. It was just like, ha, ha, wouldn't that be funny if yeah. a car called the Ruby 7 was green? Yeah. Like, just because it's a little unexpected. Yeah. Like, it wasn't meant to be like, gotcha. Also, that's I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, this is my own question now. I, I... I'm positing that maybe it's not lime green? No. Thank you. It's not. I just wanted it's to... It's pretty. There we go. Great. Um, <laughs> I'm very defensive of Peter Nerea's car. <laughs> it's not my car. I'm a person in the real world. It's also, it's it's not, also not, it's not Peter Nerea. Oh, man. It was his for a bit. Sure. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh... Have you ever thought about doing a Juniverse episode from someone else's point of view? Yes. And I would say, you know, Angela Brahma is a little bit that, right? Yeah. It's 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 a it's a cheat to get that at least. Yep. Yeah. So it's not it's not totally outside of the language that yeah. we've created so far. Um uh, do, 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 do. let's see here. I'm I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. Uh okay, with the acknowledgement, this is a family friendly podcast. Great. If you got one f bomb per storyline, who would get to say it? Purse. Oh, okay. Per series. Sorry, sorry. I have to read the rest of this question because it's very good. Really good. Uh, who would get to say them, and what episode would Juno drop his? <laughs> Wait, like, like retroactively? Like, uh, yeah. Oh my god. Uh, for me. Juno would drop his uh, in Promised Land when he's in like the the blood chair and oh that's he, real yeah gonna live. I as would, would I I yeah. would give it to him actually in the beginning of Time Gone By when he's like still yeah going through the desert and he just yeah. like does he just like fall face first yeah yeah 
Anyway, Rilla would drop it in Second Citadel 100%. Sounds, oh. That sounds real, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this person asked, Jacket was mentioned by his true name way back in Season 1, Episode 15. Good time stamp wow. on that. Uh, but we didn't actually meet him until almost two years later. How long ago was his identity and involvement planned? He was, so that's that's another example of like just peppering in details because you need things to fill out the world. And I think that if you're doing good world building, you make sure that any of the background details that you're peppering in could be expanded into something given the right environments, right? So back then, we did not know we were ever going to meet Jetsy Kuliak. Right. But... But we, you did keep... It was something you said all the time. I kept on bringing it yeah. up, largely because I loved that name. Yeah. And also because I really, really, really wanted the Ruby 7 to come back. I wanted it <laughs> so bad, I kept fighting for it. Um, uh, but yeah, so like when we were talking about like moving towards like a group of thieves... It's like, I thought it would have a lot more impact if we had a name that we even Most remotely recognized. Well, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, and certainly, you know, by the time we introduced him as Jacket, we did know mm -hmm. who he who he really was. Oh, absolutely. By yeah. that point, we knew his real name. Yeah. Right. right. Uh, quick one. Who's in the most need of a hug at this point in the stories? <sighs> Juno's good. Yeah, he's like <laughs> actually doing really well. Yeah. Um, yeah, there, there, there goes your front runner. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I would argue that Aram needs a hug but won't accept one. Aram's got two people to hug him. Aram. Yeah, but like, will they? <laughs> I mean, they will. Will he will allow they? them? Yeah, yeah. he will. <laughs> um, okay, I think that for Second Citadel, Angelo is in the most need of a hug because he's always in desperate need. I see, yeah. Right? And in the Jano series, I think it's probably Vespa. Like, yes, I yeah. agree. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, But I would be scared. No, you would get, um, <laughs> you would get, what's the word? Stabbed. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, oh, here's one for me. Uh, how does Noah make the taka 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 noise? I can't do it. Um, great question. Uh, I've never had to describe it before. I think I just, I think I just make the sounds really fast. I literally don't know. I... Oh no! Don't make him think about it too much, because then he'll lose it. I no, I. I'm better at it when I don't think about it. Yeah, and it's just a, it's like a fluttering of the. Yeah, it's a fluttering of the tongue. Yeah. I, I I go. Yes. Hmm? And team. then I. Yeah. Horrible. <laughs> oh, did you do the, did you do the, the purring noise that we got at the? Oh, the purring noise he makes when he when he kisses. Yeah. Uh, can I? What was it? It was, it was like a. No. no. <laughs> That's fun. Oh, no, here we go, here we go, here we go. <laughs> yeah. I feel like a large moth when I make that sound. Um, That's part of the description we left out. He is a large moth. <laughs> he could be two things. Um, uh, real quick. Uh, Sir Angelo is short, yes or no? No. no. Great. Uh, His family is. Right. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, oh, right. His family yeah, his is tiny. Family is, is that tiny, the... and he is so tall. Right. <laughs> is that in the episode, or is that just something we decided? No, it's in the episode. Okay, yeah. I didn't remember. Yeah. Um, oh, people are just... There's a whole conversation about the ticka 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 that I'm scrolling through here. Um, <laughs> uh, da, 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 da. Are there any current characters, uh, or would you consider in the future, having characters who are aromantic? Um, Here's the question. I mean, 
Yes, there mm-hmm. already is. Right, just tell. Yeah. Right. I wonder if this person's asking about, like... Uh, Aromantic but not asexual? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I'm sure, I'm sure, yeah. Um, no specific plans right now, but absolutely. But, yeah, absolutely. Oh my god, now it's just... P- I I mean, for, I know for you all this was, like, many, many minutes ago, but I'm just seeing... All down the chat. Um, do, 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 Remember do. how mad you were when I was like, yeah, he makes this noise. <laughs> You're like, what the hell? Right, I think my response was, why? <laughs> well, but, like, <laughs> but like the justification I still really like, right? Yeah. It's like in a lot of, I mean, I think in pretty much every language, there are just noises that you make that don't mean anything. Yeah, like just thinky noises. Right. And yeah, so it was a com. I have like a lot of influences for that. And so one is, I mean, one is I was thinking just of animal noises, right? Mm-hmm. Because I wanted him to right. have some distinct animal characteristics. Some lizards click. Yeah, I think there's, there may be a lizard that supposedly mm-hmm. makes a noise like that. Um, and then another one was I was thinking of, I also wanted it to come across as like a slightly foreign language thing, right? Just like when you hear someone talk in another language and they make noises that are a little unfamiliar to you. And I was thinking about, you know, like how, like talking to my Japanese family could be off-putting because they'd be like, ah, so, like just in the middle of, right? And that doesn't mean anything. It's just like your thinky noise. Um, and then I also weirdly had in mind, um... I grew up doing Indian classical dance, and that is how they keep the time, is taka-taka. Right, right, right. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Um, are there plans to continue experimenting with storytelling devices in Season 3, yeah. such as Rita's Recorder or the Juno Rita flashbacks? Yeah. Definitely. We get antsy, so like we absolutely have to experiment. Yeah, and it's, it's something that is like fundamentally important to us is, um, you know, even though it can feel so good to stay with a formula um, and it's safe because you know that people like elements of that formula, but uh, we don't want it to become stale and we want to like push ourselves. And sometimes we're going to do experiments that don't work out so great. Like, you know, Battle at World's End, at least on my end, was a failed experiment, you know, but it it was on purpose, you know, it was to like push us to see if something different would work. And it's really important to us to do that in all respects, artistically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like, expect for things to change. Mm -hmm. And I love, I mean, that's one of the things that I love about this show and what you guys do with it is that it, yeah, it's not just that we're telling new stories, mm-hmm. you know, about these characters constantly, but that you're trying to do it in new ways. Yeah. Uh, there's a whole section here of people just babbling about small fry. Uh, one of them is a question, which is, uh, is small fry okay? Yeah. Yeah, I think she's good. Love, I love that that is the one thing you feel comfortable yes. word of godding. <laughs> small fry is good. I refuse to live in a world where small fry ain't good. Great. <laughs> Um, okay, there we are. Uh, how many arms is ideal in a partner? <laughs> That's a very personal question. I feel that if you're really in love with someone, you'll grow to love the exact number of arms. Oh my god, I was sure you were going to say, you will grow the number of arms that they <laughs> wish you to have. 
I was positive that's where you were going with the word grow. Wow. Awesome. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, are there any plans to do any more one-shot stories like there were in the first season? Not plans. I don't think we're opposed to it, but not to it. Yeah. Um, and it was, that was very exhausting. It was. Yeah. Um... I'm seeing some questions repeated that we already answered, which means I'm very far behind in the chat still. Uh, Here we go. If people are repeating questions, maybe do you want to skip ahead a little bit? I will do that. Um, Okay. Ah. Uh, A question about Kevin's process. Uh, How do you get in the heads of each character when you're writing them? Do you keep their motivations in mind, or do you just know them well by now? Um... I would say, do you just, I, I, I have a guess is that you also summon up the actors' voices to help you. I do now. Yeah. I, I do much more now, but that, I guess that doesn't really answer what to do with, um, with brand new characters. Sure. Though, right. Um, so it, so it depends. There are, I've definitely gotten better at this since the show started and I can do it a lot faster now. Um, if a character's voice is really based on another voice, a lot of the place, times it's where it'll start. So a good right. example of that is when I was writing Time Gone By, mm-hmm. I, was, I like there were moments where I knew I was really nailing uh, Buddy's voice, but I didn't super know what they were. And we talked about her being Catherine Hepburn, Catherine right? Hepburn, yeah. So I watched some just monologues by Catherine Hepburn across her movies. There's one from Guess Who's Coming to Dinner that I watched probably 40 times. She's incredible. I know. <laughs> she is so ridiculous. And just when I got down the very fast and absolutely biting patter, like... I would, I basically just start like thinking in those patterns and I'd write down what I thought. Um, I think that for me, actually, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a good actor. I'm not an actor on the show, but, uh, it is, it's related to acting in a way because I increasingly am getting to the point where I just like think about the way that they would respond to a situation, uh, the way that they genuinely respond to the situation and they're, once I get used to their voice, I can, I, I basically just do that imitation uh, to the point where Sophie will mock me mercilessly. Because he makes the faces. Like when he's writing, yep. I can see him like actually oh, face yeah, acting yeah. it out. I It's cool. Don't write very much, but I could not imagine not doing that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> there were moments uh, like in a lot of the arm heavy scenes that I would come out of and like my forehead hurt a little bit because I'd be doing so much like <laughs> that is incredible. Yep. Um, uh, uh, are there plans for more and different merch? Yes. Yes. Love that. Uh, here's a good one. Is there anything Kate Jones cannot do? No. Mm-hmm. That's what we've discovered. Yeah. <laughs> I've known her a very long time, and uh, we keep discovering uh, roles she can play yep. on this show. It's no, amazing. There is um, let's see here. Uh, uh, I noticed there were what I would think are working titles for episodes in the notes released earlier. Mm-hmm. Are there any more of those you want to share? Oh, good. Um, <laughs> oh, no, but there is one in there that I meant to write a note about and then I didn't. So, if you look at those notes I released earlier, you will see that Moonlit Hermit is referred to as Spaghetti, Spaghetti Friends. Friends. <laughs> Second Citadel, Spaghetti Friends. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Sophie and I were trying to remember how this happened. 
and I eventually realized that, like, we were also stuck in the title of that one forever, and at some point, I just sent her a long list of titles, and in the middle, because I was losing my mind, I just wrote Spaghetti Friends, and that is what we started calling it. I was That's convinced true. that it was going to be A Lady and the Tramp That's, That was his theory. That was my guess earlier this morning, yeah. Um, yeah. So there's Spaghetti Friends. Uh, in those notes, you'll see that Long Way Home is Return to Pride Rock. Um, right. Oh, right, because, like, a lot of those is because, like, when we would outline the full season, we would kind of have a sense of, like, yep. um, yeah, the narrative on a season level, and so those working titles reflected that. Right, right. This is the Return to Pride Rock of this season. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. And then there were, like, and then there were some that we, some titles we knew had to happen eventually. Right. Like, Juno Steel and the Man of the Future. I knew that had to be the title of an episode eventually. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. um, uh, sportive Nymphs, we for a while just referred to as sport. To Still the, kind of To do. the point where I, I forget do. that it has a different name. The yeah. other one that's like that is, uh, I actually forgot the real name, and I was about to say the one that's not real. Spiral Sage, in my head, is still Second Citadel, Monster Court. Yes. Oh, yeah, we did yeah, that, called that Yeah, the whole time we were scheduling, it was, all right, we got to, yeah. for Monster Court, everybody, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, any tips for a person who would like to start their own fiction podcast in a country where those are not very popular? Well, I mean, the good thing is you're putting it online, mm -hmm. so you're not really beholden to that. Mm -hmm. um, but if your question, I, w I wonder then if the question is about production like getting other people mm -hmm. on board right yeah it's so hard to give advice about this i almost feel bad because it's like well, i feel like we, we had a very we had a very specific uh, just a sort of happenstance yeah this, like right? especially like, because we didn't intend to like that's right. the difference between us right. and someone starting now is we didn't mean to start a podcast so we can't say oh do what we did oh just like stumble into getting your friends to record one episode of right. a thing and then, trick and then, them into and then doing don't it for let three them years. stop yeah. like that won't don't <laughs> yeah don't it do puts that. a lot of strain on yeah. you yeah. <laughs> um she's scary but she's so that scary. said you know i this is we are the antithesis of this but i would say you know if you don't have a lot of other people to collaborate with i mean there are a lot of great uh single voice fiction yeah. podcasts you know um, One thing that we do, all three of us, always say is, if you can't hide it, feature it. Mm -hmm. And so, that yeah. That's my, like, my theater directing mantra. And it's, mm -hmm. and, like, we use it all the time in writing, too. Yeah. And, like, we used it in the live show and whatever. And, like, so that's the same thing. You know, even if it is just you, right. then you want to use that as your inspiration, right? You know, it's like, right. what kind of story could be really interestingly told with just one person. Right. That, that actually yeah. benefits from having this right. restriction. Right. Yeah. And yeah. My, my big, big thing is always just make it. Like, if, if you're spending forever, like, trying to line everything up so that it's perfect, it's never going to get made. And on top of that, you, if you started making it tomorrow, even, you know, knowing that, uh, even knowing that, like, all the stuff you write down tomorrow won't be in the final draft, doesn't matter, you got the practice in. Um, I think about all of my writing projects that have never seen the light of day that I spent like years on, mm -hmm. but I can still track backwards from things that are happening in this show now. Like, oh, I practiced that skill back in this project, right? right? I only know how to do this because <laughs> I tried it for something nobody will ever see for like two years straight. Just do it is such great advice, and it's always so annoying though. Like every single time you say it, oh, I'm it's like, the advice I always need to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop. <laughs> but he's right. <laughs> um, 
Uh, what is Nureyev's skincare routine? So behind the camera, Ryan just did a. One thing I will say is I do feel like he waxes. Poetic. <laughs> just fully. That I hate to say that that feels right. <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Who is the cutest character in your opinions, Rita? Rita. Well, that was easy. Oh, yeah, that's sort of the canon answer. <laughs> Rita and Juno. Uh, Angela and Second Citadel. Done. Right. I've lost my place, so I'm just going to start asking some questions from somewhere here. Does Kevin love the car or the pigs more? Oh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Whoever, whoever asked that Who has got you? Kevin's number. Who are you? Uh, what pigs. do you know? <laughs> Hang on. They don't need to hear this. Get the pigs in the car. <laughs> and then we're talking. Uh, I like the car more. Listen, I... Really? I do. I love Porcus and Trotter. I miss them so much. And I know... Wow. I know I'll have other pigs someday. <laughs> I'll have other pigs to look forward to. But I, I would never want to replace the Ruby Seven. Yeah. Uh, how well can the thief gang cook? Like collectively? Let's rank them right now. I'm ready. Okay. So we know that Juno is a decent. Juno's a decent cook. Well, in his own estimation. We know that Jet can make breakfast because he was doing it yes. at the end of Monster's Reflection. Yes, we do know that. I'd be worried I about Rita. To, I have to imagine Jet is the best cook. I think so. Right. Yeah. Vespa might be a good. Yeah. I can yeah. Actually imagine yeah. Yeah. Maybe a little inconsistent. Vespa's no. Vespa's a really good cook, but like you have to stay very far away from the kitchen while she's cooking. Sure. Because she is like she's an angry chef. <laughs> she's an angry everything. Yeah. Um, and I feel like. Oh, Buddy doesn't. Buddy doesn't. Eat food. Buddy doesn't eat food. That's true. That's all we know about her diet. <laughs> right. Um, but he doesn't eat food. And Juno's fine, and I... I feel like Rita's maybe very good at cooking what she cooks, but the question is, like, do you want if you need someone, to approach that? If you need someone to boil up some salmon crunchy ramen, just, oof. Yeah. She knows now, exactly we haven't talked about Nureyev. Oh, he's terrible. <laughs> I... He's you so are not the writer, so as we've discussed <laughs> earlier, so... I don't know if Nureyev remembers <laughs> oh the last time that he didn't... That he, like, ate something that was not at a right, restaurant. Right, he does a lot of takeout. Yeah, but yeah. he's never had... To, he's never had to, like, cook something as part of, the, like, a... Like, a, an undercover, uh, 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 situation. No, because it would take way longer to look... To look All right, yeah, than yeah. No, I do think he's good meal. at, like, like, less useful things like tea ceremony. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, what is the oddest uh, direct piece of direction you have given to the voice actors? Um, I'm sure it's a seven-way tie. Yeah. Just pick one you really enjoyed. Oh, I, I actually don't know, though. Like, I can't think of any. Um, a lot of times, though, my directions, I feel like, are all like... I, I'll be like, do it like... And then I'll do something with my elbows. Yeah. <laughs> That's not untrue. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Um, and then, but I don't mean do something with your elbows. Like, I right, mean right, right. express this thing with my elbows with your voice. Yes, right. 
Um, and we've all learned to understand. Yeah, they just do. Yeah. Um, do normal lizards exist in the world of the Second Citadel? And if so, can Lord Aram communicate with them? Yes, they exist. No, Aram can't. Can you imagine if there were just, like, tiny little humans that just, like, went around and didn't actually have, like, human brain? Like, that's what it would be to him. No, because he's not... Also, I feel like we all forgot this at some point... But dude ain't a lizard. Lizard ain't got four arms. Yeah, I know, but he's, like, largely... Lizard-ass, yeah, I get, yeah. Whenever I have Rilla describe him, he's, like, he has some lizard and some insect. Uh, All right. Okay. In my head canon. <laughs> uh, do you ever read fan fiction? And if so, have you ever had a moment of, I wish I'd come up with that? Uh, used to read a little bit very early on, like, when we first developed, like, a community on Tumblr, but not for a very long time. I live in fear of that reaction, so I don't read any of it. I also don't read any of it, but yeah. I also never read fan fiction like, as a person. Mm -hmm. Actually, no, I... Embarrassing and uh, extremely uh, uh, escaping fact about me... The only fan fiction I've ever read was an imagined eighth season of The West Wing. <laughs> <laughs> because everything I do is hyper-predictable. Oh, yeah. wow. Uh, moving on. <laughs> uh, uh, this person says that they've always pictured her as a parrot, but what sort of bird do you imagine pi uh, picks to be? A dove? A blue jay? Albatross, perhaps? Mm. I actually think... In my head, more of Dove. Mm. It's funny, because I was thinking something, um... I guess I was thinking kind of, uh, kind of Hawk or falcon egg. Mm. I mean, same. But we talked about how it's... Right, right it's, it's like, it's very bizarre... Specific. Marge, who plays that role, also played Hawk, Hawk Hackett, Hackett so in Long like, Way Home. Okay, yeah, because she so plays like birds. Only, only Hawk-adjacent... Uh, um, but she makes that cooing noise that sounds like a Dove. Yeah. To me. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Right, right, right. In my head, she's blue. I don't oh. have a reason for it, but it's true. Okay, sure. Um, uh, okay, interesting. Uh, how much overlap uh, creatively is there between working on the podcast and working in theater? In terms of the skills and the oh. uh, process, I imagine. That's really interesting. Well, I mean, again, like, didn't go into this um, knowing that it was going to be a podcast and, like, all of my experience and your experience, um, and like the rest of our actors was just from theater. Um, and then Kevin had never done theater, you know, he just had written novels. Um, when we were prepping for the live show, like, it became very clear to me, like, Yeah, Kevin was like, what is going on? Yep, Noah at one point said places, and I just looked at him, like, why is Noah saying this <laughs> now? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my place is here where I'm sitting. Right, and right, and we'd all be like, oh, thank you, bye. And he'd be like, what? What is this cult I yeah. right. uh, Pardon me for laughing. Uh, I just got to a bit of the chat. Uh, clearly it was when we were talking about an array of waxing. And so uh, people perhaps uh, decided that you meant also on the top of this. <laughs> That's Wait. awesome. Wait. That's awesome. Ooh, okay, that, that took me out. Um, uh, speaking of, will there be another live show? Yes. Yes. 
Yes. There will. Later this year, I feel confident in saying. Yes. That's that. Um, oh, I'm just scrolling through so much people talking about baldness. Um, uh, what does Buddy eat? Three question marks. I don't know. I mean, don't know. Are you are you gonna ask her? <laughs> uh, question for Noah. That's me. Uh, how hard was it singing in the arm voice? Reasonably. Uh, I mean, basically, what I did was not worry about. Um, uh, doing it well, or um, or like or like making I I literally just got up on that mic like I was like I can't right project it. I was sort of singing like 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 it was sort of uh, singing like this. and like that was that was how it had to be, uh, which is probably I mean when I listen to it I can't even really hear myself probably for that reason. Uh, do 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 do. Uh, uh, we have a handful of questions about uh, Rita's life before she met Juno. Mm. I don't know if there's any world building there we want to tease, but um, chaos. <laughs> okay, yeah, that sounds right. The I feel like the one thing we know about her is from or about her mom. Yeah, her mom's like an anarchist, right? Like like fresh baked up. Uh, Fresh baked bomb, just like mom used to make, is I think a line. Something in, like that. Like, read a minute. Yeah, and then I always <laughs> felt really confident that she has a sister. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I, I think I. Oh, you haven't talked about that since like season one. Yeah, I know. I really wanted to do a bonus episode. Oh, right, with Rita's. Sister. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh. Some people headcanon Sir Angelo and Ortelfrin as autistic. Do you have any thoughts on that? That's, I'll say that we, we have not done, we have not done that intentionally. Um, I think that, um, I think that in, in terms, in terms of headcans, like, you can do what you want. Uh, and I think that you can take what characters, how characters behave as evidence for, you know, what's going on inside them as much as you want. That is something that, um... I would want to do a lot more research on also just in terms of what do our, our what do our autistic fans want to see? What kinds of heroes do they want? Um, and without having done that research, I'm very reticent to say that because I don't know the feeling. Well, you want to do to it know. intentionally. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, so we, it's something that we've talked about and it's something that we've thought about. Um, and the, the research still needs to happen. I think. So as far as those characters go, it sounds like the answer is sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, you, if, you, if you like. Yeah, yeah. go for it. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, I I guess I've reached near the bottom of the chat, but I'm sure by skipping a million things. Uh, let's see. Um, how did Damien kiss the lizard? Mm. Uh, please do not demonstrate. <laughs> no. Can't don't have a lizard. Yeah. Uh, it's, so it's, if this is the lizard, yeah. Yeah. You just kissed. <laughs> uh, do monsters have gender? That's a good question. I mean, especially because we do say Lord Aram, mm -hmm. and we say he. Right. Um, hey, is Lord his name? I've been stuck on this for a while. <laughs> like no. 
Like, do monsters have first and last names? No, I don't think Aram's his last name. I see. Lord Aram would be his entire name. Right. Like, I know Rilla will never, will, like, never say Lord. Because... Right. No. Yeah. But... Um, no, it's not. Because, yeah. like, it, that's part of it. It's like, he's royalty. That's true, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that... I think that because monsters are so, like... They're so individual, like... Monsters that want gender have gender. Hmm. And the monsters yeah. that don't... Just don't. Just don't. Yeah. Yeah. That feels in keeping. Yeah. Which probably means there are small monster societies that just have no concept of gender. And sure. Cool. Yep. Yeah. Uh... Here's a question I have a feeling we won't answer. Is Franny real? Is Franny real? So, Otherwise. the thing is, Juno's not real. Oh my, yeah. <laughs> Rita's not real. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't blame you for asking the question. I should have known better than to open this can of worms. Let's see. <laughs> Uh, we learned a bit about the edges of the world, the Terminus, mm -hmm. uh, and the Frost Mountains this last season. We'll learn more about the other edges and regions of the Second Citadel world next season. We have already learned about the western edge of the world, actually. Uh, so, if you, if, you can, <laughs> uh, if you can go back and check out the old Patreon rewards. Um, if, Did we catch any of those words? If you can go back and check out the old Patreon rewards, Travelers. Uh, the, if you have either access to the script of Sportive Nymphs, or I don't remember what tier it was at, but we did have a recording of it um, when Sir Damien talks, does the poem, The Battle at World's End, he like very specifically describes the western edge of the world. Um, and I feel pretty confident in saying that nobody knows what the eastern edge of the world looks like, for obvious reasons. We definitely have thought and talked a lot about world building yep. in Second Citadel, and it is, it will be something that we continue to explore. Yeah, I think maybe even in a bigger way than we did last season. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, here's a sort of broad question. Uh, how much gayer is season three going to be? Gay squared? Gay cubed? Gays don't do math, so. Wow. Uh, sidestepped. Well Tell them. Uh, that said, I, we're really pushing it, right? Uh -huh. Like, we're, we're pretty mm -hmm. gay already right. as, a, as a season of media. Uh, cubed might be a bit much. Mm -hmm. That's all I got. Will we ever know Rita's last name? No, are you going to read a question? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, noted. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, what is your favorite place to eat around Boston? Look. <laughs> the people want to know. Oh. Sophie. Sofra. <laughs> because it it's... sounds like her. Yeah. Kate calls me Sofra. Because of it, but it's uh, it's a bakery um, cafe that's nearby, and um, I eat there every Saturday morning. And if I don't, I get cranky, or sometimes other days, <laughs> often other days. I go to Boston Burger Company, and I get the King, which so is good. a burger that has peanut butter, fried bananas, bacon. It's good, and then you eat it, <laughs> and a beef burger. Also, it's a burger. Um, 
It's good. <laughs> Boston Burger Company. Boston Burger Company. Are they sponsors? Oh, Lord. What am I doing? Okay. Uh, let's see here. Um, how many times do you think you've re-listened to previous episodes while writing or creating new ones? A lot. Yeah, a lot. A lot. Mm-hmm. Um, both for reference and just to like my favorite ones. What I will do, what I will do a lot is if there's a new character whose voice I really want to get right. Mm-hmm. And I'm, actually, this is super helpful. Thank you, listener, for helping us out with this. Because, like, as we go back and I need to refigure out Buddy's voice, I'm realizing I should probably listen to uh, Time Gone By a few times. Mm. Um, because, like, when we were mm. uh, way back when Ramses was first introduced, I would listen to his speech at the beginning of Kitty Cat Caper and his conversation with Juno at the end of Kitty Cat Caper over and over and over again uh, in order to get the voice down when I was trying to write, like, lesson mm. Um, How mad was Jet to see Peter with the ruby? Like, very. The, okay. So Nerev was sitting on the car. That's not cool. How, mm. how was he sitting? Well, I would imagine, <laughs> I would imagine that sort of the, his primary leg joints so would be raised. So we're... And, and then what? <laughs> sort of, but, but his, in order to, in order to balance that, obviously, his, his, his gluteal region <laughs> have to be. I can't believe how much time we're wasting on this. I'm going to move on. Uh, uh, what was a piece of sound design that was especially challenging to create? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, can you remember anything that, like, ruined my life? Yeah. Every, Erda. every crowd ever. Um, but also a lot of the, uh, the, like, the uh, the Thaisal stuff. Uh yeah, that was tough. Um oh uh the um the damselfly mm. in Sport of Nymphs was deeply upsetting to me. Um because like you know I kinda knew I wanted it to sound sort of like a helicopter, uh, but also like a bug, and it was like killing me to yeah. figure out like how it was going to sound like it was uh, you know, diving and weaving and all that stuff. Um, and then one that I actually, I'm, I'm actually not satisfied with was, um, in Battle at World's End. Like, I'm still not happy about, um, when they defeat the fear bug and, like, they, um, send it tumbling off because it's like, when things go falling, they don't make a noise. Mm -hmm. Right, and that especially really, when they fall into nothing. Right, right, and that, like, really stumped me. So, like, you can't have a crashing noise because there specifically isn't one, you know. And so, like, I did my best, but it was very frustrating to me. And I honestly don't feel like it was super clear in the sound design in the end what was happening. Um, yeah, that was really tough. Mm. Um, if you could have any famous actor guest star on the Penumbra, who would it be? <laughs> um... We've talked about we've talked about Alan Cumming. Yeah, that is what I was gonna say. Oh man, I'm, I feel uh, like he like might like be random enough to do it. You know how he'll just like do random stuff. It's true. You know that like maybe if you came at him at the right time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. suitably gay, gay icon. Well, queer icon because he's bi. Icon. Icon. Biconique. Um, yeah. Alan Cumming, Jillian Anderson, also. 
Oh, man. Oh. 100%. Yeah. Right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, are we going to hear more about Diamond next season? Um... Well, I realize I asked all these questions about next season. Your answer, rightfully, can be shut up. <laughs> Wait for the season. <laughs> my, my answer to that is probably because we're because we're not we're not we're obviously not. Done. I gotta drop that thread. Right, Juno's yeah. Juno's not done. Like he's still got other stuff. Right? Yeah. So yeah. So right. yeah, there you'll we'll learn more about Juno, and that seems like a big area. Mm -hmm. Um, let's see here. Uh. Are Sir Caroline and Kuan Yi in an open relationship? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, Sir Caroline wasn't doing anything shady. Shady. And, mm. Shady and lady. Of like. Great. Thank Oof. you for that. Uh, Great. Yes, open relationship. Uh, this one is mostly directed at Sophie. What is the part of the podcast you cried most at? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Again, yeah, so we, we've had one aggressive drag of each of you so far. <laughs> um, Bless. Um, I mean, I cried a lot about um, the end of Soul of the People. Because, um, like, that was coming for such a long time. Um, and... Um, oh, and I also always cry a lot about um, in... Promised Land, um, I think it's part two, when Juno decides he's too angry to die. Mm. Yeah, and like mm -hmm. the music kicks in. Yeah, I love it. You can answer as well if you want. I uh, cry, I, not, not so much on re-listens, but when I was writing it and when I was listening to it the first couple times, I cried like a baby in like the last couple scenes uh, before you find out that Ramses is dead. Mm. So, like, when Juno is, mm. like, looking at that statue of Andromeda and sees just the extent to which yeah. Ramses never got her at all, Ooh. and it's just crushing for yeah. everybody, yeah. that absolutely wrecks me. Um, interesting. How do people in the universe automatically know people's pronouns? That's a good question, mm. and I don't know. we don't have a good answer. Um, because that's just... Part of what makes it a utopia, you know, like it's the kind of world you want to tell. You wanted to tell a story in, right, right? Right. It's just part of the fabric of it. And like, if we think too much about the explanation of it, it's right. My brother's favorite answer to questions like this, especially in sci-fi, is they figured it out, uh, <laughs> which I absolutely love. And also, like, it gets to a point where like we can't think of an easy one, but it doesn't mean that that doesn't exist. It just means that we're two people, right? Um, and I feel like, but I feel like what we do believe is that we are confident in a future in which somebody finds a solution to that. Um, uh, a Penumbra comic book, is that a thing that you would ever be interested in making? Yeah. Yeah, if we found a way to do it. Mm -hmm. Totally. Um, uh, how, this question is basically how much... To what degree have future things been fleshed out? Do you know, uh, you know, do you know what happens sort of granularly, or uh, do you know just sort of general sort of points along the way? Um, a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, we know, we know general points along the way, like in terms of, <clears throat> in terms of the Juno series. Like yeah, we know the, we now know the rest of 
Yeah. The Juno series. We know the rest of the general points. Um, that's I just want, that's a really scary thing you just said out uh, loud to yeah. everyone. Yeah. That you know what happens until the end of the Juno series yes. because yes. Uh, I think we're all aware of the concept of oh, a finite uh, amount of time and yeah. energy in the world, yeah. but uh, right. Yeah. The good wanna... the good news is it's not tomorrow. Right. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, let's see. Uh, is most food on Mars replicated? Cricket pad Thai was mentioned. Was Juno living in a society of bug eaters? Yeah. <laughs> Not exclusively bugs, but... Sure. And but also, like... I think just cultures have, like, meshed so much by mm -hmm. then that, honestly, even what they call pad Thai, I bet doesn't look anything like pad Thai. And what they call a hamburger, you probably eat with a utensil right. we've never seen before. Like it's, <laughs> uh, it's probably unrecognizable to me, I guess. Um... I'm going to take just a few more questions because we've been here for a little bit now. Um, and uh, I don't know. I've got to go eat dinner. I, that's, mm -hmm. that's where I'm at. Um, so uh, if you've got any final questions, get them in right now. I know I may have skipped a bunch and I just don't have the time to take everyone's, which I apologize for. But um, uh, I'll take a few more questions. I'll ask maybe one or two more of my questions and cool. then we will call it a day. Cool. Sounds good. Sound good? Um, let's see. Uh uh, this is a question we've touched on in other sort of feedback things. So uh, basically, you know, what are some of your primary influences uh, in terms of media for your creative process or your general favorite media? Mm -hmm. um, I, I would actually, I would direct folks to um, some of the other bonus stuff that we've done. Um, and any other Q&As. Yeah. Like. Yeah. But uh, one influence I <coughs> recently realized is huge with me. One very specific piece of media that somehow I keep coming back to is Spy Kids. Yep. I don't not see that. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's also like very off-brand for me. Yeah. I realize. Well, except for the Alan Cumming of it all. Yes, very yeah, true. Yeah. Very true. <laughs> um, but it is sort of like not the aesthetic that I usually go for. Right, um, right. But for some reason, yeah. It, it rang true. Yeah. yeah. Um, what has surprised you most about the growing fan base? The growing? <laughs> yeah. It's wild. It's wild, y'all. There, there are a lot of you and it's weird. Yeah. yeah, and and also just like how nice people are yes. to each other and to us, and like you know, it's hard not to. I think as a creator, and like when you get so much feedback all the time, like I think we become a little bit jaded and we become a little bit cranky. And I think I sort of see that with most creators. Like it's really hard when you just get that amount of feedback not to become that way. And definitely I think we're guilty of that and definitely we're always salty at times. But like on the whole, really the fandom is so kind um, to us. You know, like occasionally we get, you know, <coughs> criticism and stuff that hurts, but mostly people are so nice and people are really good to each other and, and, and also like really respectful. Right. Um, and stuff like not spoiling each other and all of that. Like, right. people are just so across the board, so good. And I know when I've had the opportunity to meet fans in person, like, I've I've enjoyed every single conversation I've yeah. had with yeah. fan. And, like, as a... I don't specifically just like talking, so that was a huge surprise for me, right? I was, like, 
I was worried. I was worried I was going to be able to do it. Honestly, it's me, <laughs> not you. Uh, but I, I honestly, I've, I've loved every conversation that I've had with you all. You're so, you're so nice. Yeah. Thank goodness, really. I know. Could have gotten a bunch of jerks as our <laughs> fan base. Yeah. Um. Uh. So, uh, who would you cast as Nereev in a live action adaptation? And they suggested someone, but I'm not going to say it because I don't want to. Uh, influence here um i wasn't actually pointing at you but like me <laughs> <laughs> um you're the director i yeah. have to do this eugene liang oh nice yeah. yeah who's gonna fight with me about that i did there <laughs> no that one is gonna fight with yeah, me that's yeah. Good. you're fired eugene is who we're getting <laughs> um uh all right See his last two. Um, are you weirded out by overly enthusiastic and long reactions to episodes, or is that cool? When the when people have sent them my way, I I love them. <laughs> I love them so much. Please don't stop. Never stop. No, it's cool. I mean, I'm yeah, going to let you answer. No, I didn't really understand what the context was, though. Like, like how are we receiving them? I guess. Oh, I don't know. Like when we've seen them. I just imagined, like, Right, because it's like if somebody them, posts guess, them like... somewhere, like, sure, that's your business, you know what right. I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, but, but yes, also, it's nice when people... Oh, totally. Yeah. No, yeah, no, it's lovely. And right, and, like, when, when, when people react in a forum that we have access to, it's nice to see that, like, we had an effect, you know, that, yeah. like, we're not... We're Sometimes not... we get really nice, like, iTunes reviews. And, yeah, like, right, it's yeah. It's really lovely. Um... And, uh, where did it go? Uh, we have had guest stars from other audio dramas. Do we plan on or want to do something like that again? Yeah, maybe. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit tough um, because something that's really important to me, and it doesn't always happen, but something that is important to me as a director is I really like to have actors act with each other. In the room together, yeah. Like, as much as I can, and of course, as we talked about earlier, sometimes it doesn't happen, but I'm, I I don't like to work in a way where people are recording remotely. Um, I really like the authentic interaction, so like, definitely open to it, but it's usually not. Right. It depends yeah. on the role. That's part of the reason yes. that Promised Land fits so perfectly mm -hmm. for us. Yes, it does depend yeah. on the role and like how the additional voices are coming yeah um i've got just another another question for you before i wrap up here um it actually relates to what we were saying earlier about uh uh if you can't hide it feature it right mm -hmm. um which i believe in so wholeheartedly um uh this idea of taking an obstacle and turning it into an opportunity mm -hmm. uh i i wonder if you can give any examples of that in this show because I think that is a great way to give a sort of, uh, you know, a slightly behind the scenes um, look at like, it, it tears away the idea that like, I mean, I think you are uh, brilliant geniuses who have planned this all out, yes. but also it takes away that <laughs> idea that you have to have everything like this right. before you can this even do it, you know. Um, Flexible outlines. Yeah, so I'm, I'm curious if you have any examples of that, because I think that is a really useful uh, sort of peek behind the curtain. I mean, actor availability is it's definitely huge. a thing. Yeah. Um, and we've, I think we've already, we've talked about before um, when Stefano uh, 
decided to hike the Appalachian Trail. As one does. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. As he certainly does. Um, and then we were like, oh, well, guess we can't have Mark for when we right. wanted him. So, like, that totally changes, you know, his arc. And I think it made Mark's character arc. Like, yes. I, like before that, like, it was just going to be what he was going for, like, for just, like, bigger and more explosive, mm-hmm. etc. And I think that Stefano and his mountain adventure showed us the only way. Uh, which I'm really happy and about. And yeah, he like learned a, about taking a step out of the spotlight and yep. stuff like that. Um, yeah, so that and then like um, uh, sometimes like when you follow a trajectory and then it like sort of paints you into a corner and then you realize you need to build something around that and I think that Sport of Nymphs was a good example mm. of that because um, we had like reached a point with where the narratives were going that we were like, uh-oh, we just got all the boy characters together yeah. um, yes. and we can't have an episode that's just all men that's awful. And so <laughs> um, then we were like, okay, so let's make it about that and about, you know, about women, mm-hmm. you know, and then have like all the other characters be women and that became the point of that episode. Um, and if that hadn't occurred to us, it might have ended up feeling more like a filler episode because it was just they needed to get from point A to point B. Right. Um, yeah. Um, thank you. I, 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 I love hearing about things like that because I, I suffer from the, the affliction you were talking about earlier of like wanting everything to work before you really leap into something. And, yeah. uh, it helps me, I know, to hear that in my creative endeavors and, and, uh, Sometimes you just have to embrace it, you know, and just be like, okay, this is the situation we're working with now. And like, just genuinely openly view that as an opportunity. Um, And it it really forces you to be more creative and it keeps you on your toes. And it it comes out so much better than if everything had panned out the way you wanted it to. By the time you hear the final product like that, I, I know because I because I still feel this like when I read great books and when I watch great movies, right? It feels like the whole thing. Especially, especially great books. The whole thing just feels like it's spooled out all in one go, all by itself. Um, but like, it's a it's a patchwork thing. That's right? the illusion. Exactly. Uh, the actual process of making anything is just is really just nonstop like chaos. It's it is constantly seeing that you're surrounded by fires and knowing that you can only put out like three quarters of them right now. Um, and once as you adjust to that, you have a new landscape to deal with. And I really think that, like, I, I've i been thinking about this a lot, that I feel like making art is, uh, like, doing a magic trick. Mm-hmm. Um, it, is, it is making magic. And uh, it's because you're creating the illusion that something exists that doesn't exist, right? right? And, like, and I was poking fun a little bit earlier about, like, this isn't real. But the fact is that's the illusion we've created, right? Is that yeah. it's real. And you don't see everything just off screen and right. you don't see me right. like moving things around in audacity and that five of these people were never in the same place at the same time because that is the illusion. And that's what making art is, is to make you think that there was a whole universe there and there was just us in this room, you know, reading some words off of our iPhones. Yeah. I think that is a beautiful sentiment to end on. Um, Thank you all so much for joining us for this. This was a 
delight. Uh, obviously a sort of foray into something we hadn't done before, yes, so, so I'm fun. glad it works so well. I want to thank Ryan Meyer behind the camera. He's waving, Say you can't see you, it. thank you, Ryan. Thanks! <laughs> okay. <laughs> hear that. Um, <laughs> there he is. Uh, and uh, uh, I want to thank Sophie and Kevin for sitting down and answering all these questions. Thank you. Um, and I want to thank you all oh for all of your uh, great questions uh, from the uh, sublime to the ridiculous. Um, and um, uh, real quick, I want to, again, thank uh, all of our patrons for supporting us because we quite literally could not do what we're doing without you. Um, uh, I can't say enough about how how much uh, of an effect you're having on our ability to make this art. Um, and uh, can plug the patron, the Patreon for anyone who's listening to this at a later date and is not currently uh, donating. Um, There's fun rewards. Should we just say, do it? Is there anything else we should yeah, say? Go, go, <laughs> Come give us money. <laughs> uh, yeah, because this is going to end up on the main episode feed as audio in a while. Uh, go to patreon.com slash the Panama podcast. You can get episodes early at the $4 and up tier. You can get episode, like, production scripts with weird behind-the-scenes stuff at $7. They are weird. They're very silly. You can get commentaries and all kinds of weird bonus stuff also at very $10 silly. and up, right? Um, uh, and it's because of contributors like that, as Noah said, that we can keep making the show um, and make it everything we want to be. We dream big. It's it's a problem. <laughs> it, and it, I mean, it's working so far. Um, also, if I imagine that you uh, may follow us on social media already. Uh, if you don't, follow us on Facebook, The Penumbra Podcast. Follow us on Tumblr, The Penumbra Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, at The Penumbra Pod. Uh, also, follow us mm -hmm. on Twitter, oh, we're individually, so mm -hmm. at Vibert Kevin. He can't prepare it. At Sophie Kaner. <laughs> at The Noah Symes. Because I'm annoying <laughs> uh, uh yeah come, what are you what are you doing if you're not come on more, so more of this cute. but We're you so know cute. textually uh thank you so much it's been a delight um have a great evening morning afternoon or night bye